The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory, the second episode of the week. We are continuing our position profiles. What we've been doing the last few weeks looking at one position, taking them, talking about their 2019 season, and then looking ahead to 2020 uh, through the draft, through free agency, all that kind of stuff. Here to help me talk about all this. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. Hello, my friend. How are you doing, Kent? Are you getting settled back in from Indianapolis? I am. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm recovering still a little bit, but uh, full on go. I'm, I'm ready to do this. It's good. We appreciate you getting boots on the ground while Craig Stout also here with us. You guys are going to talk to him here in a second. That, me and Craig got to sit back here and just be on our own, talk to each other, you know, through the combine while you, Jake, and some other friends are out having fun. So, Craig, like, how how left out did you feel when Kent and Jake were out having fun, getting locked out of their Airbnb, getting to talk to <laughs> all of our other good friends, these draft prospects? Yeah, I he he made sure to send pictures that, that made us jealous. But the, the DM was very quiet. It was basically just Maddie and I talking to each other. It was honestly kind of nice. <laughs> it's very productive. Yeah, you guys probably got a lot done while I was we having get a fun. Lot done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you like the show, if you like what we've got going on the Arrowhead Pride Pod channel, feel free to leave a five star review. Uh, feel free to subscribe to the channel as well if, if you like what we got going. If you leave five-star reviews, if you ask a question, we try to answer them on the mailbag episode. I was in Indianapolis getting quotes for the KC Draft Guide, uh, getting a lot of work done on that. Like The, the combine was a huge help to, to what we're doing, and we think we're going to have an even better product this year than we did last year. If you liked the KC Draft Guide last year, if you want to know about the KC Draft Guide, over 225 prospect write-ups on players and how they fit the Chiefs. We're hoping to have about 100 quotes from prospects about what it would be like to be a Chief. I've been asking players. Uh, Craig, when we we were both at the Senior Bowl, asking players. Jake, when we were at this combine, asking players. Everybody but Maddie is really putting in the work there. Uh, (laughs) If you go to gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020, you can pre-order that. With the promo code LIV, celebrating Super Bowl 54 to get this for $8.54. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's look at the 2019 Chiefs, the wide receiver position. Craig, how'd they do? 
Honestly, pretty phenomenal. Uh, they were riddled with injuries throughout the year. They got some key contributions from a rookie that needs some seasoning, but frankly, you know, developed well in the role that he was in. Tyreek Hill looked phenomenal despite going out in week one. Sammy Watkins had a stretch where he didn't get to play in the middle of the season, but was absolutely clutch in the playoffs. I I don't think that you can ask much more outside of you know staying healthy from this wide receiver group than what they got. Even they even got contributions from Byron Pringle. D. Rob had an early you game. Ever say even Byron Pringle. I'm just saying. Should it be a surprise, Craig? They went into their depth and they got production out of these guys. So I, I really don't know that you can ask much more from the group than what you got. Yeah, this is a little bit different of a viewpoint than the last couple position groups we've done because we're kind of, in case people haven't picked up, kind of doing this in the order of a positions of need. We're alternating offense, defense, but looking at positions the Chiefs may be looking at in the upcoming offseason, whether the draft or free agency earlier, because we might be a little lighter in that position. This position group was a strong one last year. We're just kind of predicting for that they might have a need for wide receivers going forward. So like, there's not a lot of negatives to say from this position group. Tyreek Hill, when healthy, looked very good. I do think he was not necessarily timid, but he was a lot more careful than he's been in years past. He was not quite as useful over the middle of the field. He wasn't asked to cross the middle of the field near as much as he was in years past. He didn't get as physical at the end of some of his runs that he had in the past, but he was still very good. Sammy Watkins in the playoffs turns into an entirely different player and becomes dominant. Demarcus Robinson had big games, but Cole Hardman had big plays. All of these guys did good. Like, there's not really anything bad to say other than I think you still do see some issues outside of a healthy Sammy Watkins, which is pretty rare, and Tyree Kill beating man coverage. And that is something that they are going to have to make sure they can fix going forward, especially if they lose Sammy Watkins due to cap casualty because they really did struggle versus man coverage early in the year. Yeah, I think you you when you look at the outlook of, of the 2019 season, I think I think you've you've got to really give them a lot of credit for what they were able to do um, when they were healthy at full strength. That they were a terrifying unit. Um, you know, I think there was some times like without Tyree Kill, it was very obvious that they that they were missing him. Uh, I just think specifically to the Colts game, but um, overall, I think you got to be really satisfied with where this group uh, ended up. You know, McCole Hardman showing you know some really sol- solid production. Uh, I think twenty six catches. 538 yards, something along those lines. So he was averaging over 20 yards per reception. He wasn't a volume guy, and he may never be a volume guy, but you saw his his big play ability um, as, as a piece of a, a wide receiver group. Tyreek Hill had an outstanding season. Sammy Watkins, obviously there was some lulls and some, some you know lower production during the regular season, but playoff Sammy deserves an A++++. And if you're including the playoffs, you've got to be thrilled with what the Chiefs got out of the receiver group. All right, the biggest surprise, Maddie. What do you think? I, mean, I think for me, it has to go to McCole Hardman. I did not think he was going to be ready to step in the NFL and be a productive player in his first year. I think some of those concerns were very evident when you watched him try to run full route trees or just simply not get a chance to run the full route tree. I think that he is a still a limited receiver, but the way the Chiefs were able to use him with his elite speed and playmaking ability, they had a lot of success with it. He had a lot of big, explosive plays. A lot of them came on shorter passes with run after the catch, which is fine. That is part of his game. I did think he was going to need a little bit longer to develop, and I still think he is developing, like Craig had said at the top, but 
I did not anticipate that good, that explosive of a rookie year out of McCall Hardman. I think it's going to be hard to kind of pick anything but him for all of us. But since I'm stealing him first, I'm interested to see what you guys come up with with your best or biggest surprise. Uh, my biggest surprise was Hakul Mardman. Uh, no, I, I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to McCole Hardman. Um, I don't really know if there was any other big surprises outside of that. I think playoff Sammy, maybe if we, we want to go that direction, I think you can playoff Sammy came back in full force because you saw him week one catch 198 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it was kind of averaged around 50 between like 30 and 50 for the entirety of the season. And then the playoffs turned on and my guy came back to just to elite elite mode. I mean, he was, elite he was he was a fantastic player for the entirety of the playoffs uh including a super bowl over richard sermon who couldn't hold his jock strap uh craig what about you okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you something different here guys sammy watkins is health i was really surprised that he wasn't able to stay healthy throughout the no i'm kidding it's it's mccall hardman <laughs> everybody knows this mccall hardman and yeah we can move on uh, reason or wait, sorry, biggest disappointments. I am going to go with Demarcus Robinson. I kind of expected maybe a little bit more production, a little bit more consistency out of him for the entirety of the season. But especially since this is the year, this is his contract year. This is this is Demarcus Robinson's contact contract year, and you know he had a really big 172 yard game, but after that didn't break 50 more than once. He broke 50 twice the entire season, the 172 yard game against Baltimore and then 56 against Tennessee in a losing effort. Obviously volume is a concern, but even during the stretches that, um, you know, that Tyree kill was out outside of that one game. You really didn't see him do all that much. I thought you might get a little bit more out of him in his in his, you know, uh, contract year. Uh, biggest disappointment for me actually is uh, regular season Sammy Watkins. Playoff Sammy, as we talked about, is elite. Regular season Sammy Watkins needs to be more. Now, obviously, I'm sitting here from the standpoint of this team is going to always be in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes as its quarterback. If you have Sammy Watkins showing up in the playoffs like that, it really doesn't matter too terribly much that he's not showing up in the regular season. But with the injuries that they had, their inability to beat man coverage, they just needed more out of Sammy Watkins. They need him to be on the field, frankly, because when he's on the field, it makes a difference. Uh, he toughed through a couple moments. He toughed through a couple games, but he just still isn't able to stay healthy for an entire season. So he's my biggest disappointment just during the regular season. My biggest disappointment kind of goes back to something I talked about at the beginning. I think in that early to middle part of the season, the Chiefs wide receivers before Tyreek Hill got back were really struggling to figure out how to be productive. And that's hard to do with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but they were just having a hard time getting off press coverage. They were having a hard time when teams were able to take away the spacing elements that the Andy Reid Chiefs offense was implementing. You just didn't have guys winning one-on-one matchups. And I think it took a while for that to get fixed. It took Tyreek Hill coming back. It did take Andy Reid starting to adapt later on in the year, which was good. They peaked at the right time. I just wish you would have saw Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, Sammy, whether injured or not, just be a little bit better about winning some one-on-one matchups with not always elite cornerbacks across from them and just looking a little bit better just in those pure man coverage situations. 
I don't want to be labeled as a uh, as a McColl hater, and I don't want this group to be labeled as a McColl McColl hater. But a quick sidebar here, just just I want to read the set the back half of the season in the playoffs for for McColl Hardman. Zero yards receiving, sixty three in a touchdown on one catch against Tennessee, thirteen against LA. Zero against the Raiders, 48 in a touchdown against New England, 10 against Denver, zero against Chicago, 30 against the Chargers on one catch in the playoffs, 19 uh, in round one, eight against Tennessee, two against San Francisco. You're going to need more out of him moving forward. And maybe that maybe that should be part of our current 2020 outlook. But he really died down in, this, in the last 11 games of the year. He made two big impact plays. Uh, on big long touchdowns against New England and Tennessee, obviously he had the kickoff return, but man, that back half was really lacking in any production or volume whatsoever. So that's definitely something you need to keep an eye on. Uh, he didn't have more than two catches in any game in the second half of the season, and the last time he had more than two catches was Week Six against Houston. Uh, and maybe maybe I'll just make that my portion of the current you know the 2020 outlook. They're gonna need Maddie to add some players to this group along with McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill. Well, I think the big thing about McCall Hardman's kind of not, I don't just want to say fading down the stretch was teams get a little bit better idea of how they're going to use him. They get used to his speed. But I think more than that, as you just said, he didn't have it since that Houston game where he kind of anything. That was when Tyreek Hill came back. That was when Tyreek Hill took back over a lot of the stuff that, McCole Hardman's going to be doing because they're similar players, especially now in McCole's Hardman's early part of his, his career. He needs space. He needs space to run fast. And that's what Tyreek Hill already does better than him. That's one of the reasons I just wasn't huge about the pick is I'm not understanding exactly how you put both of them on the field at the same time and utilize them both to like their best ability. Yeah. And uh, it's worth noting here that at least in my mind, I thought McCall Hartman year two was probably the year that he was going to develop and actually become more involved than the offense. I think he needed a redshirt year or, you know, as minimal of one as he could possibly get. And the Chiefs got value out of him in year one. I mean, that's that's incredible. So from a 2020 and beyond outlook there, yes, you you probably you're not having Sammy Watkins play on his current cap hit here. So moving forward in that regard, you're going to look at McCall Hardman trying to develop as a receiver. Tyree Kill is one of the top 10, top five receivers in the NFL already. You've got a couple guys on the roster in Byron Pringle in, you know, uh, well, you know, they really Byron Pringle's the only guy that's gotten any significant reps, but I think they will add a guy. I think that the overall outlook is going to be pretty good, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Yeah, I mean, as currently constructed, you could line up no problem because right now Sammy Watkins is on, on the roster and McCole Hartman. You're basically at full strength and maybe you're injecting you know, a guy like Garrick Dieter back into the mix or something. I don't know. Um, but, at, you know, as currently constructed, they've got a lot of options at receiver. They're going to have to make some tough decisions about Sammy Watkins, obviously, here pretty quick. Uh, and and I think whatever they do, they're going to be well prepared to handle it because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. I think for me, the biggest thing that I'm looking for going into 2020 is, is Byron Pringle just a special teams player or is he about to get a bigger role? 
Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle was right behind Demarcus Robinson's kind of production and usage and going into Demarcus Robinson's second year, Byron Pringle's second year, very similar. I feel like they could do a lot of the same stuff. Byron Pringle, when he got a chance to play versus the Colts, was the only wide receiver on the field that looked like they could get open against that Colts secondary. He had a good game with over 100 yards. I want to see Byron Pringle get more chances. When he gets chances, he looks pretty good. Now, if the Chiefs don't trust him, if he's not in their plans, that's fine. He's just a good special teams player. But I think 2020 is kind of the final year where he gets a chance to either show up and be part of this or not be part of it all. And I think that could be something that affects what we're about to talk about coming out of this break in terms of free agency. Speaking of that break, we're going to take it right now. We'll be looking at the free agent market and the draft at the wide receiver position. Looking ahead to 2020 right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are continuing our position profile on the wide receivers. We are dealing with the free agency market and the draft now. We just got done talking about 19. Let's take a head to the future. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about a top-tier guy, a mid-tier guy, and the best fit in free agency. And we're going to start here uh, at the wide receiver position at the top tier with Robbie Anderson. And it's a guy that should have a pretty good market. But Robbie Anderson's got some desirable speed, has some of that explosive uh, capability, and you're just continuing to stockpile guys that have some of that big playability to this group. Definitely could be a threat. Um, I think he's really developed as his career has gone on. He's had some injury issues. This has really been one of the things that has kept him and held him back a little bit. But he's going to have a star- strong market. He's one of the more desirable wide receivers in this free agency class. Yeah, I think there's guys at the top, like your Amari Coopers or your AJ Greens that are clearly a different tier than Robbie Anderson. But when you're looking at it, we're trying to do this from a Chiefs lens right now. When we're talking top tier guy, the Chiefs are in no way, shape, or form about to shell out money for either one of those guys. So like the highest price I think they would go with would be someone like a Robbie Anderson, who brings good size at 6'3", a little under 200 pounds, but he's got a he's a big, bigger target than what they currently have, and he does have that speed. He has that vertical ability that Andy Reid likes, even out of his bigger receivers. So he's just a guy, if they were willing to splurge and pay a lot of money, say they got out of Sammy Watkins' contract but wanted to spend roughly that kind of money again on a wide receiver too, Robbie Anderson is a guy that would fit that mold, and he's been productive for the Jets with iffy quarterback play. I think you pair him with a Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. You have two different guys now that can win off the line of scrimmage and then get vertical. 
that would be a lot of speed on one team. Like Anderson's just extra size would be something really fun to put out there. Yeah. And like Maddie said, his huge size, six, three giant wingspan ability to, you know, kind of win and catch everything in a very wide radius, but he's averaging 14.8 yards per reception throughout his four year career. That's insane. That's, that is top notch, you know, vertical ability. And then you've got the ability to be a little bit inaccurate with him because he's got such, you know, such a big catch radius there that you're going to be able to use him in a lot of different ways and use that speed. We know Andy wants that speed. So yeah, if they are going to spend big on somebody, I think it would be Robbie Anderson. All right, let's talk about a mid-tier guy. And we're going with someone recently cut by the Washington Redskins. Doesn't count on the compensatory formula. (sighs) Paul Richardson. Yeah, Paul Richardson, six foot, 180. A couple of years ago, he was a hot name kind of attached to the Chiefs when the Chiefs went after Sammy Watkins and signed him because Paul Richardson was a free agent. He was pretty productive in Seattle that last year that he was there. He hit the free agency market, signed with Washington, and then just hasn't been able to be on the field. He's played 17 games in two years. He's ended both seasons on IR. He hasn't had more than 270 yards receiving. But he's still got that ability. If he's healthy, I know this sounds similar to like a Sammy Watkins type thing. But if he's healthy, he's a very productive and a very good receiver. He's got some vertical stretch ability as well. He's got a little bit of an ability to work out of the slot too. So Paul Richardson is a mid-tier guy that would fit within Andy's offense. That's the thing you're running into. Paul Richardson's getting cut after signing a roughly an $8 million a year contract for the Washington Redskins. It just never quite clicked for him there, whether it was injuries, maybe not giving it was all there just because the situation wasn't great for him. But that last year in Seattle, he became a legitimate deep threat, averaging 16 yards a catch, started 13 games, had six touchdowns. He was peaking at the right time. He had made, he is a guy known for making highlight catches down the field, his catch radius, his ability to go play the ball in the air and show some good body controls for phenomenal i don't know if he's as quite as good of a fit as a robbie anderson just because he's not quite the same size but he has enough speed to get vertical like andy reed likes he's pretty good at the catch point and he would just provide a guy that coming off these injuries and not working out with washington he would probably come in a little bit cheaper of a contract than you would have got him a couple years ago when he was coming off that big season and I think this is a value play. This is just 100% a value play. And it's a good situation for Paul Richardson, too, because he can come to a, a team like Kansas City, maybe recoup some of his value in an offense, in a high-volume pass offense with the best player in the world, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, fresh off a Super Bowl. That will never get old saying. Uh, and it just it maybe take this opportunity here to, um, you know, to, to, to help his stock as well. Cheap. I mean, he's probably cheap. He's probably coming here cheap. And again, like I said, he's not counting on the compensatory formula. So um, it's a really, it makes a lot of sense for both sides. All right. We're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. I don't know if reluctantly, but we probably need to address it. And I think some of our opinions and our framing of this has changed a little bit. But the best fit in free agency is Des Bryant, Maddie. (laughs) This was my doing, so if you guys get mad about this, you can come at me for it, because I think I said when we first brought this up a couple weeks ago now, Des Bryant technically makes sense because the style of player he is fits what the Chiefs are going to need if Sammy Watkins is out the door. He's a big-bodied, 
X receiver that gets off the line of scrimmage. He runs slants in breaking routes really well. He's good at the catch point. Des Bryant, at least what Des Bryant was, even going back to 2017 when he last played football or 2016, he is what the Chiefs need. Now, does he have anything left? That I could not tell you until you brought him in here. He tried to come back, got injured again. It's worth kicking the tires. Des Bryant can't be expensive. He fits exactly what the Chiefs need. There's obviously some kind of connection between him and Patrick Mahomes, given they're working out together. I don't see the downside to letting Des Bryant come in here and try to be Des Bryant or, you know, 20%, 50% of what Des Bryant was during his prime as he's gotten older, dealt with a few more injuries because he fits exactly what the Chiefs are missing right now. This is where, I mean, if you when the question was first posed to us, we looked at it at a, as a fit perspective from like a locker room perspective. And obviously he's an older guy. Um, he tried to make a comeback, failed. I think where we are kind of looking at it right now, it's, it's a lot of things, but it starts at cost. I don't think Des Bryant's going to cost a lot. I don't really think the Chiefs should try to drive and put too much into the wide receiver position right now either. I don't think they should be going out and spending all that much. So Des Bryant... We don't really have the concerns about the locker room fit because apparently Des Bryant's kid loves Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes has a love for for Des Bryant. I think that that fits probably fine if they decide to give it a shot. Um, he may not have anything left, frankly. He he flat out might not have anything left. However, he's not going to cost anything, and this is where the team like if you're gonna if we're gonna talk about these three these three players. I, I'm looking heavily at the mid-tier Paul Richardson. I'm looking at Des Bryant as a as a, a swing for a, a, a no-cost, unless he makes the football team kind of look. Finding value, going cheap, these are the kind of moves that the Chiefs are probably going to make a wide receiver. And you know what? Bring Des Bryant to Campiello. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Like I, I was probably the one that was most against it, just from a locker room perspective. But like... Kent just said, you know, it's if he is not going, if he's coming with the approach of, you know, he likes Patrick Mahomes, Pat likes him, blah, 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 all of that stuff, then, you know, maybe that's a better fit than I think it is. He signed a one year, $1.25 million deal with the New Orleans Saints the year that he got hurt. He's been out of football for a year since that happened, since that injury happened. So he's going to be even cheaper than that. From that regard, you can't hate it. But I, I don't think that if they are going to dabble in the free agent market, that that should be the only move. I agree that he fits stylistically with what he was into the Chiefs offense there. But I'm worried that maybe by signing Dez for that amount of money, they could think, oh, yeah, no, we're OK now. And maybe they don't address it as hard as maybe they should. Maddie, Maddie kind of mentioned this at the beginning of this show, too, is like, you know, we've been kind of trying to prioritize these positional profiles based on need based on activity in the marketplace and like we're on the I think this is our fourth week doing it and I think all the positions that we've outlined so far need more help than than receiver does right now so you're looking at and there's a, there's just so much in flux right now at the at with this entire roster with you know what's going to happen with Chris Jones what's going to happen with Sammy Watkins you know are they going to have more draft picks are they going to have less 
like all these questions are are this is probably the first week where it's becoming a little bit more difficult to try to navigate this and try to understand value, try to understand how active they're going to be able to be in the market for this. That's kind of like, I think that's where I'm coming at with guys like Des Bryant and Paul Richardson. So do we think they sign on somebody here, Craig? I do. I do think that they sign somebody, even if it's just extending Sammy Watkins. I Technically that counts, you know, but I, I do think that, they are, they have to change something. They're certainly not playing, you know, Sammy Watkins on that money this year. I think they've got to address it because Andy Reid's not going to trust McCall Hardman and a rookie, rookie wide receiver to essentially run his entire offense. Guys, I'm buying it. I think Des Bryant gets a chance to make the team. Like, I'm going to even, I'm going to say it's going to be Des Bryant. He's going to get a chance to make the team. And that technically counts as signing somebody. I don't think anybody gets a big contract. I think they would rather see what they have with Pringle, with Kemp, with McCall Hardman, and then look to the draft if they do lose Sammy Watkins rather than pay anybody big money. But I think Des Bryant does get that chance if he still wants to play football. We haven't heard that specifically yet, but I think he's going to get a chance to come here if he wants to. I could actually very realistically see one of Paul Richardson or Des Bryant being a Kansas City Chief. I could see it. I could see one of those two making it. Let's talk about the draft now. This is where this is this is the more fun part. Let's let's start with favorite prospect. And uh, Maddie, you take us, you lead us off. I mean, it's I think Jalen Rager. I think he had a little bit of a disappointing combine. TCU needs to be renamed to Fick You because they just beef <laughs> everybody up for the combine. Guys, I can't do this. I think everybody knows my favorite wide receiver prospect is CD Lamb. Jalen Rager's a lot of fun, but I can't not talk about C.D. Lamb here. His <laughs> testing was better than I think a lot of people thought. He came out to be an above-average athlete at the wide receiver position, and that was never his game. His game is just this weird knack of body control, whether in the air or grounded. You just watch him do receiver drills. He moves differently. The DeAndre Hopkins comps are very old. You don't like to comp guys to elite players. Those two guys just move differently on the field. It's very fluid. It looks very natural. It just looks different than other receivers and other players. I compare it to Tyreek Hill's speed. Doesn't look normal. C.D. Lamb's body control, whether running or jumping, doesn't look normal. He is easily the best wide receiver in this class. He is my favorite guy. I wish he would have ran a 4-6 so he could have fallen to where the Chiefs could have drafted him. Like Matty was kind of doing a little bit of a victory lap there. And, it, and like and, you know you and rightfully so you've been CD Lamb wide receiver one for a long time, but that definitely was a nice subtle little victory lap there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Donovan Peoples Jones and Jake. Has uh, been our primary grader on the wide receivers for the KC Draft Guide, and he had Donovan Peoples Jones around his top five. I may I don't know if I'm quite there. I might be pretty close though. I really like Donovan Peoples Jones and I think I like him a little bit more than other people do. And I have no problem understanding why some people think he should go in the top forty ish or so. I think that you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, especially after testing, has an ex the a top tier, top shelf, the toppest of shelves athletic profile if you look at the ras score for him the relative athletic store uh, score if you go to at math bomb on twitter he he does this fantastic athletic testing measurement that is a, very valuable to the draft community i believe right now he is a 10 which is 10 out of 10 uh it, it's it's the rarest of athletic profiles but more than that 
I think he's actually pretty good as a route runner. I think I saw some uh, ability there. Uh, I, I saw him win at the catch point in the red zone, make a really exceptional athletic play. I think his best football is ahead of him. I think he's been slowed down by a guy named Shea Patterson, at quarterback, who is literally the, one of the least enjoyable prospects I've had to watch this entire draft po- prospect. And to make it worse, I had to watch him at the Senior Bowl too. That poor Donovan Peoples-Jones has had opportunity deprived of him because Shea Patterson is ungood at football. Uh, and this isn't because I have some Ohio State loyalties. Michigan, it is a little bit. But Shea Patterson lives up to the slander. He is not good. I do not like him. And I feel bad for Donovan Peoples-Jones because there's so much there left for him. And he's young. He's got a really quality, the, the one of the best athletic profiles ever. His upside is phenomenal. It'd be really fun to throw him on the Chiefs. Craig, take it away. Who's your favorite? Uh, T. Higgins out of Clemson. Big body dude, uh, great at the catch point, very wide catch radius, like some of these other guys that we were talking about before. Uh, he also has great body control and hip flexibility. I Maddie talked about C.D. Lamb just being different in that way. T. Higgins actually is that way as well. T. Higgins just doesn't have that same speed and ability to separate. But he every time you watch Clemson, when they get the ball in his hands, when they're throwing him routes, things like that, he just always seems to have a knack for making the play. He just, it's not fancy. It's not sophisticated in what he does. He just shows up. He does his job and he does it well. And I've really liked him for a while. And when we started talking about this, he maybe wasn't my favorite wide receiver before this week. But when he decided that he was going to sit out the combine because he needed to rest. After saying boy, he I was going to run that. a 4-4. The day after he said he was going to run a 4-4, he needed to take a rest. Yeah, I I feel that, you guys. I need to rest. I You know, sometimes you just got to take take a little couple days off. And No, T. Higgins is a very good football player. I was a little bit disappointed he didn't, he didn't test, but he's a very good football player. All right, let's go to the best fit in the draft for the Kansas City Chiefs, Matthew. This very well could have been T. Higgins had he not needed to rest and show up and work hard. But instead, he wanted to talk a big game and set it out. Tell you what, you know who did it? Just talk a big game, but actually performed Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. He had, he rivaled Donovan Beatles-Jones. He may have even bested him as the best kind of wide receiver overall athletic profile. He had the best three cone of the wide receiver group there. He jumped unbelievably. He was fast. Denzel Mims has the size, the speed, and he loves to block. These are all things that would be very appealing to the Kansas City Chiefs. He can play that prototypical X receiver. He has the speed to get deep if you're going to give him that opportunity, but he's got the body control and the size to play over the middle, be a little bit of a possession guy. Coming out of Baylor, the route tree isn't super advanced. He didn't play in the most complicated offense, but he has all the talent and upside in the world, and his draft process has just been nothing short of phenomenal. He's gone from a fringe day two player to he's going to get real top true round one hype and possibility based on this athletic performance, his improvement he showed from the end of the regular season into the senior bowl. He's a guy rising fast, and he does fit the Chiefs what they need perfectly given the size and speed. Yeah, and he's really taken himself probably out of position for the Chiefs to take him unless they take him in round one, frankly. Uh, But what he possesses, um, as all the things Matty said, 
he could be a prototypical X for this football team. His highlight reel, his top tier catches rival anyone in the class, frankly, and they might be better than anybody in the class. I mean, he's showed, like Matt said, excellent body control, focus, um, an ability at the catch point with one or two hands. I mean, just there's a lot to like about him. And it's not just the highlight reels. It's the athletic profile. It's the physicality. Um, he's, he's really helped himself a lot and potentially out of the Chiefs draft range. Yeah, this is my true uh, favorite prospect for the wide receiver in the draft here. But he fits the Kansas City Chiefs so well that we needed to talk about him in this regard. You want to watch a dude block? Andy Reid loves his wide receivers to block. He will light somebody up. They did stock blocking drills at the Senior Bowl for some reason. And we sat there and just kind of frowned at him. And then Denzel Mim stepped up and it was fun again. So it... He's a very interesting receiver to watch. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He's got everything that Andy Reid could want. Yeah, you got to take him at 32, though. He's had the best process since leaving Baylor of anybody in this draft class. He's just way up on draft boards. You're going to have to take him at 32. And, you know, we're talking about all these, you know, receivers helping themselves. And it's wild because this is really genuinely the deepest wide receiver class we've ever seen. And so this next, the final subject is day day three sleepers. And there is legitimately potential to have some very quality football players here in day three. We think Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, Maddie. Yeah. And with the Chiefs lens in mind, I think some of these day three sleepers, a lot of people are going to talk about are going to be really big receivers that don't have a lot of speed. And I just don't know if that's a great fit for the Chiefs. So Brian Edwards, on the other hand, is kind of the opposite of Denzel Mims in terms of his draft kind of outlook. He's been injured at the Senior Bowl, so he could he could not perform there. He got diagnosed, I believe, with a broken foot here for the combine that was either healing or I don't know what his healing process is going to be for that. But he hasn't been able to perform at the Senior Bowl or at the combine. It's like that's going to drive his stock down. But you watch Brian Edwards' tape. If you like Debo Samuels, you're going to like Brian Edwards from the same school, South Carolina. This year, with Debo Samuel gone, he got to be using that same role, which is a ton of end rounds, a ton of wide receiver screens. And man, it, you I don't think you've ever seen a wide receiver run as hard as Brian Edwards with the ball in his hand since Anquan Bolden, maybe. This guy looks to throw and run over every defensive back on the field every time he touches the ball. And he's not speed challenged. He's not the fastest guy, but he has enough speed that if he gets a step on you, if he stacks a defensive back, he is able to keep ahead of them run downfield. I love his physical play off the line of scrimmage. He's a quality blocker. He beats press coverage routinely. The only thing I need to see out of him to really, really put him up there with one of my favorite receivers, I need him to bring that same physicality to the catch point. He kind of waits for the ball a little bit, but I think that's something you can work out at the NFL level. So a physical X receiver, good yards after the catch. Brian Edwards is a guy that if his medicals end up clearing after he gets feeling better, he's a guy to really keep your eye on on day three. That's that's what's so interesting about Brian Edwards is I I think you know in if if he had been healthy through the process if he'd got to compete at the Senior Bowl if he'd got to compete in the Combine I think you wouldn't have a chance of drafting him in day three but if you look at this class because of how deep it is because you know there's going to be more information collected on most of these receivers outside of Brian Edwards. I think there's a chance for real value on a team that's waiting to invest at the wide receiver spot. 
there he might wind up there at that 128 spot and if he does even if he has to take a redshirt year i think he's got exceptional value moving forward because i think what you're getting is a day two more is more of a day two type of receiver uh for all the things that maddie described and that's that's something that's kind of intriguing to me as someone that's trying to, especially if the Chiefs only have five picks, this that could be an interesting way to navigate and get some value, uh, even even if it may not be entirely for this year. You've got good value moving forward. Yeah, uh, Brian Edwards is a guy that I had to watch a lot because I watched. I'm the primary grader on the cornerbacks and had a lot of players, a lot of games that were up that were cut up for South Carolina. And Brian Edwards ran over every single one of them, like straight up ran over them. It was almost unfair. You know, I needed to get those extra games in order to nullify, you know, knocking these guys for their lack of physical play. Brian Edwards just makes everybody look weaker than him. He just kind of pounds them into submission throughout the course of the game there. I would love to add him on the team just because he's got that bulldog mentality. And you know how I like that being a defensive guy. Give me a wide receiver that's going to run that hard, that's going to play that hard, you know, basically tough things out as much as he can and be that kind of alpha dog with the ball in his hand. All right, that is going to do it for the wide receiver position profile. We will be back later this week with the AP Draft Show. We'll catch you later.